appropriately in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated if you would, please. Thank you, yes. Thanks so much. Well, this is the sixth of six. Oh, you just leave it back there. Thanks. Six things that I said a few weeks ago that I wanted to leave you with. And it has to do with uh, engaging with the Bible. Notice the statement, your personal engagement with the Bible is the single biggest factor in your spiritual growth. Just let that statement sink in. Your engagement, not just your reading. You know, people pride themselves on reading through the Bible every year. Maybe they can do it. I can't and, and engage with it at the same time. I have to take smaller sections of Scripture. And you may remember the palm. Nobody ever seems to remember it. Hear, read, study, memorize, meditate, and apply. Let's do it again. Hear, read, study, memorize, meditate, and apply. Okay, that'll be a test at the end of the sermon. <laughs> Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does or whatever she does prospers. So the question is, are you a fruitful Christian? Are you a fruitful follower of Christ? Uh, I remember, of course, I was brought up in a Christian home, so... The Bible was always honored in our home. But I remember when I first started really engaging in the Scripture, I was a college student, had just received Christ at the age of 25, and I spent a lot of time in the Portland State University Library reading. But I always started with reading the Scriptures. And I, I would, I this little, little Bible, I don't remember, if you remember these, Good News for Modern Man, I had one of those, and I marked it up, marked it up, marked it up all over the place. In fact, I, when I was studying the Holy Spirit one time, I marked everything about the Holy Spirit in blue. And this guy who was kicking me out of the church said, well, if I, read, if I did that to my Bible, I'd probably believe it too. I said, well, you want to borrow mine? <laughs> I thought that was quite a statement. And for 50-plus years, I've been... Engaging with the scripture, I couldn't say every day, but almost every day in those 50 years, and it's been invaluable. So this morning, I want to talk about three of the most uh, vital things in your spiritual growth, and I want to read out of Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse uh, 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on, along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on, on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. 
Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. So there's four different kinds of soil described there. And the point of the parable is that this describes four different kinds of heart responses to the Scripture. So first of all, fill in the blank there that says, keep an open mind. Jesus, first of all, described the seed that was thrown on a hard path that went through the field where people had trampled the path very, very hard. And it just sat there. And because it just sat there, the birds of the, birds of the air would come along and take it, a, take it away. And that's a picture, actually, of Satan taking an unresponsive or closed mind or closed heart and carrying away what was sown. I hate to say this, but there are probably some this morning who, uh, maybe intentionally, maybe not intentionally, you just don't respond to the Word of God. It's just like, I, I hear, but there's nobody home. Uh, We have, a, we have a German Shepherd. Now we have three dogs, actually. Two of them belong to my daughter and my granddaughter. But German Shepherd has this collar that I put on him every morning before I go for a walk. I call it his hearing aid. He hears so much better when he's got that collar on. And the way he did that is I'd zap him, of course, a few times and doesn't take long and they learn. Proves their hearing. You, Those of you who have children, you know what it's like to talk to your kids and it's like nobody's home. Just glazed eyes. I know what it's like to preach to people sometimes who have glazed eyes and it drives me crazy. In fact, the first time I noticed this, I was I was uh, teaching at a camp filled with high school kids. And I was, you know, you prepare, you work hard, you memorize, you meditate on it, do the best you can. And there's somebody sitting there. So while I was talking, I just walked over and kicked this kid in the shins. <laughs> Got his attention, too. <laughs> drives you crazy if you're trying to communicate and nobody's listening. Or if they're on their phone. You know, you go to a restaurant, you watch people in a restaurant and the wife is talking, you're pouring your heart out and the guy's sitting there on his phone. Not with Ginger, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> do not let this book of the law depart from you. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So that verse is saying, speak it, think about it, and obey it. Don't let it depart from your mouth. That is, don't, don't stop talking about it. Secondly, make and keep commitments. Don't do this with the scripture, but do this with the scripture where you you get a grip on it. You've all been around people who 
They get fired up about something and then it fizzles. Constantly hearing, hearing people, I wish I would have uh, gone to college or I wish I would have gotten this job or I wish I would have done this. And the truth is that maybe they started but they quit. Fizzled out. Most people probably have gone out for sports or signed up for the band. Well, in my house, if you signed up for something, you had to finish it. My dad would make sure of that. You don't start something and then just let it fizzle out. You finish it. Let it be planted in you. Someone said, I quoted this a few weeks ago, they see the glory, but they don't know the story. You see someone and admire them for what they do and how good they are at what they do. You, you love the glory, but you don't know the story that's behind what allowed that person to be that way. So you remember the story about Jesus when he was a little boy from 1 to 12. The word used is translated grow, and it just means that Jesus grew like little kids grow. You don't have to, to say grow, they do. You feed them, take good care of them, and they'll, they'll grow. But then at 12, there's a transition when Jesus goes through the bar mitzvah, apparently. And the word that is used from Jesus, for Jesus from 12 until 30 is the word prokopto. Never forgotten this word because it means it's like taking a machete and beating your way through a forest with it. It's like taking a piece of steel, getting it hot and hammering it and it, and it spreads. It means to advance as if by beating. Does anybody know what that's like? There are periods in your life when you just, you just grew spiritually, but then there comes a point where you have to make a decision that you're going to move forward no matter what is happening in your life. And sometimes that can be very tough. I remember down on 14th Street, we had five services on a Sunday. And for the beginning of those years, I led worship and preached for those five services. Services were 730, 845, 10, and 1115. When we started the 730 service, the church council came to church in their pajamas and sat on the front row. That's early in the morning to come to church. But I remember sitting on the steps, waiting to go in to that fourth service on Sunday morning, and I would say out loud to the Lord, Lord, I can, I can do this. Help me. I can do this. And uh, I often say, I'm, I'm really 50. I just look like I'm 77. But you take the word and you hold on to it and you say, I will not quit. I will hold on to your word through these circumstances. Notice the blank, without perseverance, there is no growth. In a marriage, first thing I ask people when they come in and ask me if I'll do their wedding ceremony is, have you, have you been in a fight yet? How do you fight with each other? Do you fight fair? Do not fight fair. What did, you, what did you learn by the argument that you went through? There is no growth without perseverance. 
character comes through persevering through the situations of life. Psalm 19, 7 through 9 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. By them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. It's one of my favorite scriptures about, about the scripture. Anything good comes from putting one foot in front of the other every day. Uh, people look at the growth and, and blessing that happened at Faith Chapel and have no idea what came behind that. Lots of people, not just me, but lots of people kept showing up, putting one foot in front of the other. Kept showing up, putting one foot in front of the other. I always said, if you just get up and take another step today, then eventually something good's going to happen from that. Number three, establish and live by the highest priorities. Another way of saying it would be learn how to pull weeds. You scatter the seed, it comes up, but there are weeds that are part of it. I used to hate to pull weeds. I just hated it. I, I, I liked taking care of lawns. I liked watering the garden, but I hated, absolutely hated pulling weeds. My, my uncle sent me out in the pasture one day that was full of bull thistles. I don't know if you know what a bull thistle is or not, but oh gosh, they get big and you, you have to cut underground to stop those things from, from coming back. We had a lady who worked, worked our yard for a few years and she would get out there like a just amazing pulling weeds, pulling weeds. She'd pull so many weeds she'd pull up some of the flowers sometimes. And Ginger got a little irritated about that of course. But weeds, the problem with weeds is they will choke the life out of the healthy plants. So Jesus is talking about, he even tells us what those weeds are. Worry about this life. What happens when you worry? Gosh, it just chokes the life right out of you. You can't concentrate. You can't think appropriately. You're distracted. And it just takes the life right out of you to worry. And secondly, the deceitfulness of wealth. Now, probably one of, the, one of the two of these you deal with more than the other one. The deceitfulness of wealth. Deceit means failure to fulfill a promise. There's a promise about wealth that the world sells us that if you have enough stuff, you're going to be happy. You're going to be fulfilled. That's a lie. It fails to fulfill its promise. How many people have you seen that thought wealth was going to Make them happy, but it doesn't. In fact, in some cases, it makes you more miserable. The deceitfulness of wealth can not only affect wealthy people, it can also affect poor people. Because they spend their life miserable thinking that if I just had more, if I just had more, if I just had more. I rode my 
Harley along the, the High Line a number of years ago. I went on a two-day trip just to get my sanity back. And I remember it was in July, and I remember driving along the High Line and seeing all the alfalfa fields and the wheat fields for miles, for as far as you could see. And there wasn't a weed in them. It's a beautiful thing when the, when the weeds are not there. That happens in our lives as well. How many of you know the name of Rabbi Zacharias? Gosh. I and probably you spent a lot of time listening to that guy. So smart. So he was the probably the main apologist of Christianity in the world. And this doesn't take away the truth of what he said, but when you think about his life now, what do you think about? Think about him going to massage parlors for years. Weeds. Keep pulling weeds. There have been some times in my life when I, it's very difficult because you have to pull a weed out of your life. So notice the phrase, learn to pull weeds. It's hard, but it can be painful, but it's critical for healthy followers of Christ to pull weeds. And then fourthly, continue to grow and mature as a healthy follower of Jesus. Let me put it this way. Number one, learn to clean out your ears. Learn how to listen. Number two, don't be a quitter. Just don't do it. Never give up. And number three, keep pulling weeds. When you see something that's a distraction in your life, something that's hindering you in your life, get rid of it. Pull it up. We're going to conclude this morning. I apologize about being so short, but my voice is bad. So uh, we're going to do It Is Written with several verses. I think most of you know what that is. I say a phrase, do you repeat it after me? And you have to repeat it lots louder than I do, okay? All Scripture is God-breathed. That wasn't loud enough. All Scripture is God-breathed. God and is useful for teaching. Rebuking, rebuking, correcting, correcting and, training in and training in righteousness, so that the man of God, so man of God may be thoroughly equipped, be thoroughly equipped for, every good work. for every good work. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light for my path. Lord, uh, if nothing else this morning, I just pray that our respect for your word would be increased. I remember, Lord, sitting, looking at the Bible, sitting on a table, and I was afraid to open it because I knew that it's sharper than a two edged sword. It's like a hammer that can shatter a rock. 
gentle whisper sometimes can change the direction of our life completely because it comes from your word. Lord, we, in a world that is looking for truth, drawn to whatever someone wants to believe, we know that there is an eternal truth in your word. We give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name. song here please will you stand with us this morning again one more time you are good you are good when there's nothing good in me you are love you are love on display for all to see you are light you are light when the darkness closes in you are hope you are hope enthusiasm today. I've taken every cold medication known to man. <laughs> kind of takes it out, takes it out of you. Uh, next Sunday is, of course, the Sunday when we're going through a transition. So I'll talk for a few minutes, then we'll lay hands on Jared and Kim, and then uh, he'll speak for a few minutes. So I hope you'll be here to uh, celebrate that with us. It'll be a great weekend. We might even have some cake or something to eat. So. It'll be fun. God bless you. Have a good weekend. See you later.
Hello. There we go. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We want to stand up and worship the Lord this morning. Will you join us, please? These are the days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great triumph, of famine and darkness and soul, still we are the voice in the desert crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet's Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Um, I just, yeah, there you go. A little round of applause. Um, just wanted to say some thanks this morning. Uh, first of all, um, I know that not everybody had a father growing up. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a stepfather. And uh, even though we butted heads a lot, didn't get along too good, there were things that I took away from him that I appreciate about my stepfather. And um, 